0: So we, we know there's in Shmos Rabbah, it says it actually came from a very, a very sad place. Um, the, the suffering, the pain, the emotional pain that Moshe was experiencing. Because of that suffering from having destroyed the first ones, He was Zoha to bring the power of agada and Midrash and halacha, all of that power, the potential for Chiddush, he was able to bring that as, as a reward for his suffering of breaking the first one. Hashem brought all of that down into the second one. To create that language in the Torah, in the in the in those second luchos, the potential to use the diktuk and the language, and we learned last week the Yud Gimom Midos Torah by Vahem, all of that was built into the second luchos. anisi Anisi, I think, means from Inui. Um, it is good for me that I suffered. I think the shot is, it's good for me that I answered. But here, the, the nitzib is explaining the Medrash Rabbah, saying, it's good for me that I suffered. Moshe is saying that I had that experience, that pain of destroying the first luchos, because what we got as a result, those second luchos, was so much greater. Be'achilimeira LeMoshe, she'kol ze'ba ha'adam that suffering that Moshe felt when he destroyed the first luchos until he got the second one, that yigiyah, that is replicated in... it. It's a very um, interesting way to think about um, learning Torah. It's very labor-intensive, and it has an element of struggle. It has an element of it's not supposed to be easy. It's kind of supposed to hurt a little bit, right? Because that reward that Moshe got... For his suffering, it's replicated in suffering or not suffering, but yegia, which is a, a, it's not easy. You know, it's supposed to hurt a little bit. That struggle we have to, to go from the Torah and to get to Torah Umishum hachit Moshe so be That's why Hashem instructed Moshe that he should be the one to to make the second luchos by himself, that he should be the one to carve them out. Because, of course, we know the first one Hashem carved out. He's saying it's not a punishment. Moshe was replicating the labor that is going to become the labor of what defines us as Jews, that struggle to make meaning out of the words of the Torah. The G-d Michtov Ba'atzmah Kol Torah Shebich Al haluchos zulas hadibros, and he should also write all of Torah should be chsav on the luchos. Those weren't on the first luchos; those were only on the second luchos. And if I'm understanding this correctly, I'm not sure that I am, but I think what the nitziv is saying: Well, we know that in the second luchos, Hashem comes in and 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 carves the Asaras hadibros, but. I think what the Nitziv is saying is that the first Luchos did not have the whole Chamisha Chumshay Torah on them. They had a very, they had just had Hadibros, and they had them in a way. He says in in Shmos, they had it in a way that a, a human person, a normal person, who wasn't Moshe couldn't really read it. You know, we know that Hashem said Shamor bedibor echad, right? He said the word Shamor and Zachor the two languages of the two different tellings of the sarah HaDibros, Hashem said it in one in one word. We can't see, we can't hear that, we can't see that. There was no way to represent that in a way we could read it. That's where the second Luchos came in. They had the two representations in two places, in two ways. So we can sit here and write and be Mechadesh and say, It was a much different experience the kol zanis sham yafeh shebal al The yegia, again a word that suggests intensive labor that can also be unpleasant in a way. I think that's such a huge hitish here that the the labor of carving it's not necessary it it hurts a little bit, right? It's not supposed to be easy. is kind of the lesson here. So how does this go back to the Aaron, to the Aaron ha There's an element here of Sa'ar that's bound up in devoting your life to a life of learning Torah. That is the way of the Torah. It is supposed to hurt a little bit. It's supposed to feel labor-intensive. And that's why Hashem said he wanted dafka and aron made out of wood. Because I think what he's saying here, he doesn't go into detail, but I think what he means about using wood is two things. First of all, It shouldn't be gold and silver. It shouldn't look like this physically, materialistically elevated thing. There's an element of like, you should learn Torah like a working class person. Like it should be something where you get into it like physical labor. If you're learning Torah like a person who's drinking out of, you know, or whose closets in his home are made out of gold and silver, you're doing it wrong. I mean, I think that's kind of the idea here, that there's an element of it should feel like labor. It should be a commitment to the dignity that comes out of work. Like, it's a very deep idea, but I wanted to further understand what what exactly is the Nitziv talking about? How exactly did the second lujos that have this element of human intervention, of human creativity, of human labor... That it should look like creating a box out of wood. Like that's the mushel here, right? Like that, that's what it should look like. That's what it should feel like, like carving a box out of wood. How is that a response? How does that respond to the sin specifically of the cheta ego? Like, what's the connection there? It's what I was struggling with last week. Like, how did we get this amazing reward of getting this much more active role in creating Torah throughout the ages that every future chiddush is going to be in this second luchos? How, how does it make sense that that should have been the response to the ega, which was like a big sin? It seems almost like we rewarded for the sin. So in what we just read, we have this medrash from Shemosh Rabbah that says, because Moshe was so upset and and suffered so much, Hashem took that suffering and translated it into, this is what it feels, it should feel like to learn Torah. Okay. But there's, there's got to be something deeper. And so I went back to the original Nitziv on Parshas Kitisa, to s- understand what exactly his reading of the Chaita Ego was. And it's very, very interesting, because, of course, we know, we've seen, you know, throughout these, you know, months, how the, the Nitziv likes to be Melitz Yosher, but, I mean, he really he really steps it up, and not when it comes to the Chaita Egel. And I don't think I did this one when we were in Parshat's Kisi, so I think maybe I was away. But, so I went back, and so this is in Shmos, Lamed Bays. min ha'har. The people saw that Moshe was delayed in coming down from the mountain. Vayikahel ha'am elav. They came to Aaron, and they said to him, Kum ase Elohim Make for us a a God that will go before us. mahayalo. Because this man Moshe, who brought us up, up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. So Moshe, of course, tell, Aaron tells them, you know, get all the gold, bring it together, creates the Egel. So the Nitziv on vayar ha'am ki boshesh Moshe laredes min He says. It was the poor, the Nebuchs, the the bottom, the lower, the lowest people in Bnei Israel. But what made them low? What made them in that rung? Asher me mi From when they left Mitzrayim, mm-hmm. chashvu shehem la'amod They felt that they were not. They were not worthy of standing under Hashem's hanhaga. They did not feel that they deserved Hashkacha pratis when it came to Parnasa. They had a lack of self-esteem, is what it was. <laughs> they had this slave mentality that they could not get past, no matter what happened, they could not see themselves as people who were worthy of Hashkacha prata, specifically when it came to Parnasa. let say They actually didn't want to leave at all. They didn't want to leave slavery. The Moshe ve'Aaron hu be'kol es hamon le'vavam b'dvarim. Moshe and Aaron were the like they 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 were the hype men. They they kept hyping them, no, you're worth it, you're worth it, you're worth it, because they brought this level of, as we've seen many times before, this level of hashkacha that was from a very miraculous point of view. The existence of Hashem's hashkacha throughout the story of the Midbar, Yitzhia Mitzrayim for sure, but also throughout the Midbar, was very immediate and very miraculous. And so they were sort of, Moshe and Aaron were dragging them along and saying, "No, no, you're worth it, no, you're worth it, no, you're worth it the problem is it kind of backfired they started to think that their entire ability to exist and to 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 benefit from this hashkacha came from Moshe himself, and that quality of his of being of existing in a miraculous way within the people, they they instead of understanding what he was trying to tell them, which is you're worthy. They understood him as this miraculous force that was managing to cover them anyway, despite the fact that they didn't deserve it. But they believe that after he died, After he died, it would be over because he was the only reason that they were still able to exist. They thought, okay, maybe once we get into Eretz Yisrael, we'll be able to make it. But not once they were in the, in the Midbar. So it started out, I think the Nitziv is trying to say, they weren't actually trying to do Avodah Zarah in the beginning. They were trying. They weren't trying to replace Hashem with the eagle. They were trying to replace Moshe with the eagle. They were trying to find a new conduit, a new emtsai to stand between them and the hashgacha that they felt that they didn't deserve. So they asked Aaron to create a new conduit, a new Moshe, not a new Hashem. And so they said to him, Kum Elohim asher the Nitzvah said, so they said, come make for us a God that will go before us. And then it's says on this, E'ze koach min manhigenu bederech that will replace Moshe and help us make it through the midbar to at the level that we're at, at the level that we can stand. He's Haish because this man moshe then it says adko who was always above nature the lokifikojenu he always superseded where we were at with his great zchuyos The one who brought us up and out of Egypt, that he brought us up and raised up our abilities, our power, that we should be to experience all of these miracles. I think that's a really incredible reading here because at the beginning, then it says it was very understandable what they were asking this lack of self esteem. It was the bottom portion, the people who could never see themselves as worthy of existing in a place where they would have parnasa, they needed Moshe to elevate them and to have his hashva'ah over them. And then, so we know what happens so 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 Aaron takes all of the these mezahav and everything and and he creates this egel masecha. and then they say and they said this is your god yisrael and then it says like until this point there was still something. I think they the 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 thing that they were looking for was a thing that eventually Hashem actually almost agrees with them because he says to Moshe, "You can't bring them in because they see you in this way that is not fitting for who they need to be to enter Eretz Yisrael." That view of Moshe being me'ala teva and of interceding between them and Hashem to get them that level of hashgacha, that was actually true. But this is where it goes bad. They started to believe that Hashem had actually endowed this object. With his power. But again, if you think about it, they still did not think that the Aga was has- was a god. They didn't think the ego had replaced Hashem. They saw it as an emtsai, as a, an inter- intermediary. And then it says, They woke up the next morning and they started to, to laugh and to, to be happy. And then it says, they thought that they had short-circuited the way to the hashgacha, that they wouldn't have to learn Torah anymore, and they wouldn't have to keep the mitzvot bi arnulael. This was the hardest thing for them to understand that the the thing, and he's talked about this before. The thing that makes you worthy of the hashgacha al pi is Torah and mitzvot. Like that is part of the natural order. You become a part of nature and a part of the natural order in an active and creative way by keeping the mitzvot and learning the Torah. That is al pi derech hateva for the nitziv. That's not messing up the derech ha-tevah. Nothing could be more natural than keeping the mitzvos and learning Torah, that once you get into the land, that is the natural order of things, and that creates this level of hashkacha that is totally fitted to who each person is. And, and I think that this comes back to the idea of the first luchos and the second luchos, because we know that Nitziv says later on uh, psalach ha-shnei luchos karishonim, that there were two reasons that he had to add in the Torah Shabalpah, and the ability to learn Torah Shabalpah from Torah into the second luchos. He says, the first one is, umitzad shmiras ha-uma, umitzad shmiras There's this double-edged sword of protecting the people and protecting the Torah. And to do both of those things, Hashem had to cede some of that creativity and some of that power to His partners in crime, which is us. And we together create that thing that is creates, as a result of our learning Torah, creates the hashkacha. So it's this total partnership, and without that partnership, the ummah is threatened, that's us, but the Torah itself, ha Ab Israel, is also threatened. And that's why we need what the netziv calls amal HaAdam We think of siyata dishmaya as this thing that comes down to us from Hashem. But he's saying no. Like, the hishtatfus amal HaAdam b'siyata you create your own siyata dishmaya. It's a partnership that, that requires huge amounts of creativity by us, but also huge amounts of labor, just work. And that work, if it doesn't feel like carving a wooden box, you're doing it wrong. I mean, I think that's the how the two pieces come together. Okay. There's also a piece of homework this week because I really struggled with this Nitsiv, and I'm very curious what other people think about it. So on uh Perik Yud, Pasuk Yud Bez. It says, And now Yisrael Moshe says, What is Hashem even asking of you? All He wants is for you to fear Him. Do everything He says. And love Him. And worship Him. With your entire existence and your entire being. Keep the And His laws. So the 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 already points out, he's like, what is he even asking of you, except basically the hardest things you could ever imagine, right? So it's it's uh, I think it's actually very ironic. Like you could read it as just a humorous thing on Moshe's part, like he's kind of you know making a joke. The Nitziv has a very long explanation for this, in which he divides Amisral up into groups, and it's not a very feminist um. <laughs> interpretation. And I think that's very interesting, especially because his own wife learned Torah. So the homework is everybody should look up this and maybe we can discuss it next week, what everybody made of it. Again, it's on, it's in Jevarim, Herrick. Yod Pasuk base. And maybe we could talk about it next week, because I, I really want to talk about it, and I, but I also really want to open it up. So let's do that next week. And I'm excited to hear what everybody else has to say about this. I kept picturing safta reading it and thinking, like, I wonder what Safta <laughs> makes of this. Anyway, Shama neshama um, should should have an aliyah, and Aliza's new baby should have a, a big, big bracha. And everybody have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for coming.